You're listening to an episode of Tommy's Wild Shots with your host, Thomas Wild. Hello and welcome to Tommy's Wild Shots, the only show where the takes are so hot and so wild that you know Kadarius Tony definitely couldn't catch them. <laughs> oh, there we go. We're starting off hot today. Thank you guys so much for joining me once again today. It's been a long, long time since I've been doing one of these shows, and today we're going to be doing an NFL kickoff show here. Um, I have one more day before the NFL really gets underway. Of course, I didn't get this out before the KC versus da- um, not Dallas, the Detroit Lions game, and so we're going to go over that game quickly before getting into the meat and potatoes of the season preview. I've got my predictions for everything through a really lovely website called the playoff predictors which allows me to go week by week and pick every team and every game and all the way down to the Super Bowl but we'll get to that in a second let's talk about this Detroit Lions versus Kansas City Chiefs game you know I think there's a lot of things that you got to look at here uh first ever time that Patrick Mahomes has gotten an interception in week one which is certainly a devious stat but it probably was going to happen eventually so yeah, looking at it, you know, the Lions came out good in the first quarter. Kansas City came back, and then Kansas City got stifled, only being allowed three, um, two field goals to finish out the game. Meanwhile, Detroit, while that second quarter wasn't their best, had a touchdown in every other quarter, and simply put, that's what they needed. They played a hard-nosed defensive game. I mean, Patrick Mahomes had a pretty good day, day, all things considered. On top of that, 226 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, though, of course, not really his fault, as I previously previously mentioned. Kadarius Tony couldn't get anything done. His day was un- very unfortunate. He had one rushing carry, ironically, for minus one yards, and Kadarius Tony had one reception for a yard. So Kadarius Tony had a solid zero on um, t- that day. And I'm not trying to dunk on Kadarius Tony. You know he was he would they got him for pretty cheap. Whatever, it's not a big deal. Uh, Scantling had a decent day, but you know, you just look at it um, offensively and it's not really something you're loving. Like, nobody had an amazing day. And rushing-wise, Isaiah Pacheco had eight carries for 23 yards. That's definitely not amazing either. Clyde had six for 22. So just, it was a tough day on offense and defense-wise. You know, Mike Donna got one sack, but... Wasn't really anything to really go home about. Harrison Butker, though, much to my disdain as I was playing him in fantasy, had a great day. So everybody universally has been defending the Chiefs to say that Chris Jones not being there on his contract holdout, who definitely with that Nick Bosa signing isn't really going to be any cheaper, and the Travis Kelsey injury, which by the way, if you have Travis Kelsey on your fantasy team, you might want to decide to not have him. I mean, well, you you obviously picked him in the first round, like me, and that's what I'm saying, because my uh, fantasy luck has been horrid over these last two years, and that's just a great way to start what I thought was easily my best draft, so I'm not salty at all. But the other major thing, and I know this will fall out, and there's been some big parts about this, as a certain broadcaster had said that it was an asterisk win for the Detroit Lions, which is a really poor way to look at it. Great game overall. You know, Jared Goff just had an okay day, uh, 253 yards, one touchdown. 
on 22 ca 22 for 35 which is bad david montgomery though the big name here 74 yards for on 21 carries for and one touchdown Amare st brown with 71 yards and one touchdown as well and then the rest just you know it kind of went the right way for the where did the where did our third touchdown come from interesting Oh, Jared Goff had it. Well, no, he had that. Where is our... Who got the other touchdown? Was it on defense? Ah, yes, the pick six. I completely forgot about the pick six, yes. Brian Branch with the Kadarius Tony pick six. You know, you just... That's the right place, the right time. They played good. Lions played good. You know, they shut down the Chiefs throughout. Like, you can't hold out on... And, you know, like... Mahomes had a chance to take them out of that, and he just didn't. That's unfortunate for him, but... uh yeah, so that's a great start, you know, for the Detroit Lions uh, to get a win against a very hard team at home as well. They were on, on the road there. So, but enough about that game. That's game one, week one. You know, the Packers always had a bad week one, and then they turn it around usually afterwards. So, who cares? Kansas City, not in trouble. I have them doing quite good throughout the rest of this year. But that's now, let's get into it. The meat and potatoes of, this, of today's episode the NFL playoff preview and I'm going to be starting in my personal favorite division because my favorite team's in there plus they also have my number one NFC leading they will be getting that number one spot in my prediction and that is the NFC East so here we go uh this is actually going to be paralleling quite a bit to how I have a lot of things going very similar to how they went last year but some differences as well so at least in the NFC East I have the Philadelphia Eagles going 13 and 4 they're going 3 and 3 in their division and just looking at that you know I think I gave them some I maybe you know looking through all my weeks like I had them have some good wins here and there and some maybe gave them the opportunity but I think that's reasonable I think maybe they could get a number of one or two more wins here and there over the Cowboys I believe I gave them a win there as well as a win against the Giants on the road maybe I also gave the commanders a win against them they seem to usually struggle on the road against their east matchups but these are all good teams um following that you know the Eagles are Simply put, they're one of the best teams in... They were one of the best teams in the league last year. They had the second-best offense. They also just had... While their team passing offense wasn't as good, uh, they were fifth in rushing offense. Looking at it here, the Eagles were a little lower in passing offense. They were... Where are they? Ninth in passing offense. But the Eagles have a lot of good... They've got a good defense on top of that, a really good offensive line. They really upgraded on their running backs, got some, their wide receivers are going to get better and better with A.J. Brown and Devontae Freeman getting more, you know, chemistry with Jalen Hurts. And that's going to be the main thing is Jalen Hurts should get better. Now, I'm going to say should. This doesn't mean that Jalen, that, and that's where the 13-4 and four and the Eagles not winning this very coveted division is going to possibly be broadened up is Jalen Hurts is that linchpin. Everybody else has been pretty consistent and shouldn't fall off or change that much. If you're a Cowboys fan, and I know lots of my listeners are, or a Giants fan, or I guess there might be some Commanders fans listening to me, you know, that's what you're going to be wanting for, is for Jalen Hurts to not have as successful as a season as he had. The Eagles aren't, like, Jalen Hurts needs to do a lot more to be in that top five conversation. Do I think he can get there? For sure. But I don't think he shows as much promise and as much caring as a Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, 
even a Trevor Lawrence does to make a team better because of him. He's good because he has a really great supporting cast. And that's a, a testament to the Eagles and some good drafting, some good trading to have such a good team behind them to be able to help Jalen Hurts get as good as possible. And that's the best thing about getting a good young quarterback to be able to insert into their moment of need. Following them, I have the New York Giants taking the fifth spot. They have the best divisional record, according to me here. 11-6, and six, they're just, so they will get the top wildcard spot there. And, you know, the Giants have a great team. As long as they don't get injured, and Saquon Barkley has proved that he can survive a season now, maybe with a better line. You know, he's looking really good. The big thing with the Giants, and the Giants have a really good coach now, but big thing with the Giants is just how good Danny Dimes is. If Daniel Jones regresses back, he needs to... He's been trusted and now has the contract to take that next step. If he doesn't, the Giants could fall apart. I think they'll be good enough. They showed that they were good enough this year. So, yeah, Giants are looking really good. I've got them 11-6. and six. That's a respectable enough, you know, record. It's They're in a tough division, uh, you know... And so that's how we're going to have them there. Tied with them as well, getting that sixth wildcard spot is the 11-6 and six Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys really don't give me a lot of um, promise. And probably the reason the Giants are ahead of the Cowboys is because in their head-to-head matchups, I probably have Giants winning both of them. I have them winning in week one here. Cowboys are a team that just doesn't really impress me in any way, especially in the playoffs. Sure, they might win that wildcard game maybe but or like but they're not gonna win the be the top seed i like the cowboys enough i like dak and i like cd lamb and I've, they've got some good pieces on defense but dak isn't cl- clutch enough and mike mccarthy certainly is not a coach to win you a super bowl he stumbled upon one with aaron Rodgers. sue me for that cowboys need a different guy at the head they've Clearly, I don't know, and I, Jerry Jones just doesn't really seem to pick the right guy. Uh, hopefully, Tony Pollard is the answer at running back. I think he was the answer, and Ezekiel Elliott is long past his due date. Will he do some big things with the Patriots? Maybe. Maybe he will. Do I think so? Probably not, but it doesn't matter because I'm having the Patriots really bad this year, and that just might be because I dislike them immensely, but hey. Patriots, you know, that's just how it is, but yeah. And then finally with the Commanders, they've got some good pieces, a solid enough coach. They got rid of Dan Snyder. That's a big, big deal, but I don't really know if they're in such a tough division and they just usually don't have that killer instinct. Um, I want Sam Howell to do good. I, I did a fantasy draft, same one where I picked Kelsey first. Sam Howell was my very last pick because, uh, my friends and contemporaries were extremely QB heavy and anytime I was about to pick a QB they just grabbed him and then it's like well I don't need to take a QB and eventually I was just like well frick I'll take my defense and kicker better because hopefully Sam Howell will be left behind and he was and I think Sam Howell has a lot of upside a lot of good things about him I don't know if he's but and he might have a really good year but I don't know if he'll be able to carry a team that needs a little bit of help. You know, you got Jahan Dotson and some other good pieces, Antonio Gibson, but I just don't know if this team is good enough, especially in a very tough division, to keep going. So I kind of mentioned it at the beginning that it's a great start for the Detroit Lions. 
I have them going 13 and 4. They are my second seed. The win to start off the season is great. They're in a pretty weak division, all things considered. You know, I like the Vikings, and I think the Bears and Packers have a chance to be good. I'm not a Bears believer. I'm a Bears believer enough to give them a 7-9 record, which we'll get to in a bit. But you've got a damn good coach in Dan Campbell. Jared Goff, as much as he maybe was carried by... I actually have him 8-9. That's the one thing I missed in my thing. But anyway, Jared Goff can be a good signal caller. Is he an MVP? No, he is not. And he probably never will be. But he's a good enough player, a good QB to stand in there for the Lions. They've got other great pieces. You know, Amari St. Brown, as I mentioned. Just good players that you like there. And I think the Lions, with good coaching and a hard-nosed, you know, they they are dogs. And I think that's going to really help them throughout the season. The Vikings are 10-7, and seven, which is a pretty pedestrian run, especially considering how good they were last year. Vikings just have so many question marks. They got a better coach now, and Justin Jefferson's great. No Dalvin Cook, though, is an interesting play. They don't have that running, that running game as good. And, you know, Kirk, Kirk's a good quarterback, but in a similar way to Jared Goff, I don't know if he... However, Jared Goff has won something. Kirk's really not done much, and I like Kirk Cousin. I think he's a, I think he's a good guy, and I think he plays well. But I think Kirk isn't going to lead you to a Super Bowl, and certainly he's gonna you know have some tough games when he's not in the you know those matinee games. When he's in prime time, Kirk seems to really struggle under the lights. Eight and nine Bears, you know that's just how it's gonna be. Listen, I like Justin Fields. He's a good quarterback. He's fast. He's got a lot. He's so athletic. I don't think he's good enough in the pocket, good enough of a thrower, good enough decision maker. I don't trust it. And simply put, the Packers, I think you're living in a fantasy if you think that all of a sudden putting Jordan Love in there is going to make some things go really good. Aaron Jones was good last year, but like that team struggled regardless. Yeah, it's good decently, but I just, I think these pretty good teams in the NFC West are going to, or not the NFC West, that's the NFC North, are going to feast on the Packers, and that's just how it is. Following that, I have the San Francisco 49ers leading the NFC West, 12-5. and Uh, I don't like many of the teams in the West just this year. I think all of them have, well, and even the Niners could blow apart if they all these teams are all incredibly injury prone or already have major injuries or just have too big of question marks in the case of the Seahawks 12 and 5 for the I I think that the Niners have it figured out they've got Christian Caffrey the big question will be if Brock Purdy can continue his dominance as a good quarterback you know Mr. Irrelevant those questions are there you know and from there you've got Debo Samuel and you've got Nick Bosa highest paid defensive player of all time now. I think there's a lot to like about the Niners, and, you know, I have them losing week one against the Steelers, and I don't really know why I'm so high on the Steelers this year. They got a lot more wins than I thought they did, but Steelers are, you know, I think the Niners are just gonna, if they can gel, and if Brock Purdy can become that QB that he needs to be, that'll be really good. I also forgot to mention that um, as much as I like the Niners, the Trey Lance thing looks incredibly dumb on their part. That's four first round picks, four or three first round picks. It doesn't matter how many first round picks 
They lost all... No, it's three first-round picks, and they got a fourth back. You're never making that back up. Yes, the championship makes it all not matter. You're never getting that back. Uh, Dallas lost a fourth for maybe Dak, too. Who cares? I think Trey Lance has a chance to be good, but he needs time to play. Maybe he'll learn from being the backup of Mr. Prescott. Uh, Rams at 7-10, and 10, as well as the Seahawks. Rams need Stafford to be healthy. Even when he is healthy, there's those problems. Cooper Cup is questionable for week one. On top of that, you know, Aaron Donald's getting older. There's just so many question marks about this team and whether or not, like, they're coached incredibly well. They've got a lot of good things. But, you know, they just didn't turn out to be much of anything last year. I think there's a possibility that that hangover keeps going. Could they become really good and maybe win this division again? For sure. But I just, I don't see it. And I've got them 7-10. Seahawks 7-10 too. Uh, I like Geno Smith. I think they maybe caught lightning in a bottle last year. There's lots of great things. Dak Prescott, you know, not Dak. You know, DK Metcalf. They've got some great pieces on offense. Pete Carroll is a good coach. But I think a lot of people just forgot that part of the lots of people were wanting Pete Carroll's head more than they were wanting Russell Wilson's head and I'm not a Russell Wilson defender by any means but I'm saying that Pete Carroll is old and his time might be running out but I you know seven and ten is a respectable thing they've made good on their picks and regardless of how good Russell Wilson maybe turns out on the Broncos that was a good investment for them they got a really good return for that and the Seahawks might be going through a semi-rebuild here and, you know, looking good for the future. After that, I have the Cardinals going 2-15, and 15, which I believe... Oh, nope, I have the Patriots doing worse. 2-15, uh, and 15, they're the worst in the NFC, though. This team, I looked it up, and a bunch of air for some Arizona broadcasters, and a lot of them predicted Week 10 for his return. That's tough. That's really tough. And I don't like the sounds of that. And so I'm going to say that more than likely you're not going to see. Even with Kyler Murray, I don't know if this team really is that impressive. I don't see a lot of impressive things coming for them as they, you know, come down the way and finish out their season. With that being said, though, you know, and they got rid of Cliff Kingsbury. They got rid of their GM. Those were the moves that they needed to make. And so that's that finally our fourth seed also vikings take that seventh seed if i didn't mention that our fourth seed and winning probably the weakest division in football and we'll stay that way i have the falcons Bijan is good they have desmond ritter and they're giving him the the keys to the ship right now and so he didn't get a much of a chance last year but with that being said you know i've got them going nine and eight i think they're a team that has a lot of good upside they've got you know, Kyle Pitts should hopefully be able to be used more. They've got some solid coaching, and, you know, they're looking to be better. I, it's such, this division, the South is so weak. It's kind of, it was kind of like picking between, you know, acid versus a completely basic thing. Like, you know, you're just, you're just in so tough. You know, I've got six and 11, so they're nine and eight, so that's, you know, just a winning record of the day. With that being said, you know, you're looking at the... It could be the Panthers, maybe. Bryce Young maybe could lead this team into relevance. At, but I've got them going 6-11. and 11. 
I just don't think that the Panthers have anything really to, you know, wow me. Yeah, they got some new names. I mean, they've got Miles Sanders at running back, and he's going to have a decent year, but just not a lot to really ride home about. Uh, Same thing can be said for the New Orleans Saints, except they are relying on Derek Carr to take them into relevancy. They just haven't done much since A, when... not Sean. Well, Sean Payton leaving didn't help them much either. But Drew Brees, you know, they've still got Kamara, though he is suspended for a long time, which really doesn't help them. Michael Thomas is incredibly injury prone. It's just, it's a tough thing. Finally, I've got the Buccaneers going 5-12. and 12. I want to believe in Baker. And I want to believe in the rest of this team that they could do it again. But I don't. Got a great defense, a great offen- a defensive line, you know, good pieces, but just... You don't have Bruce Arians anymore, and I, I don't see much coming of that at 5-12. and 12. Finally, let's now... So that's the NFC. So once again, I'm going to have the Eagles taking that number one most coveted spot to get the bye in the first week of playoffs. Following them will be in second, also with a 13-4 and four record, Detroit Lions. Then third, winning the NFC West, and the only team coming out of there, the 12-5 and five San Francisco 49ers, and our you know, last late to the party NFC South team, the Atlanta Falcons coming out with a 9-8 and record. Then following in the 5th and 6th spots tied here will be the Giants at 11-6 and and the Dallas Cowboys. And finally taking that last spot will be the Minnesota Vikings at a 10-7 and record. Switching over to the AFC. Leading the AFC is the AFC North. And I have the Cincinnati Bengals with the best division in football this year, they're going to be going 15-2. and two. Maybe I just really believe in this team. Maybe I really like Joe Burrow. I don't know. I think this team is built the best to go deep. Their coaching maybe isn't perfect, but they have probably the best QB wide receiver core. You know, that Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are bros before hoes, and they will always, always, always be dominant as long as both of them are healthy. Joe Burrow has other options. They've got Joe Mixon. That defense is getting better. They've got a lot of things. They're in a tough division, and there's going to be a team licking their chops trying to catch up, but I just, I don't trust that team as much as I trust Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Following that, of course, is the Baltimore Ravens. 13-4, and four, that is a respectable I were a very respectable record, and I bet you I gave them plenty of extra wins here that they maybe don't deserve. This team is incredibly dependent on being healthy. They already have injuries. You go from there. Decent defense. You know, Lamar Jackson got paid. The Ravens are now there. It was a big debate. I think it was the right move. I'm glad my team didn't have to make that decision because I like Lamar, but I also think he had, he's just better Justin Fields. He just knows how to throw the football better. But, uh, you know, that's just looking at it. I just like the Ravens at 13-4, and four, but I don't, you know, they're taking that second spot. I have the Bengals winning it hard. Uh, Steelers, first ever losing season under Mike Tomlin, hopefully. They might go 9-8. and eight. I honestly could see it going that way. Steelers going 8-9. and nine. They've got a great defense. TJ Watt is one of the best, if not the best defensive player in the league right now as long as he stays healthy without tj watt this team's defensive line and their aggressive defense 
goes a little bit to the wayside. The big thing is that everybody thinks Kenny Pickett will be better this year. He could be. Kenny Kittmans needs to be better or else they won't have much of an offense. They still got Deontay Johnson. They still have Bijan, or not Bijan, Najee, Najee Harris, who now has mustard. Fantastic. But anyway, Najee and the rest of the crew, you know, I like the Steelers, but I also just don't think they're all of a sudden going to take that step and become super relevant. They need to develop a little bit more, maybe get a few more good picks here and there, but there's that. Browns, this may be really harsh to give them a 5-12 and record. Do you really think Deshaun Watson's all of a sudden going to turn it around after such an unimpressive start? Could they do it? For sure. Are they going to? Probably not. Yeah, they've got some good pieces there. You know, you've got Amari Cooper and Deshaun Watson and everything else about the Browns. But, you know, it's just, it's, I don't see the Browns all of a sudden becoming insanely good, even though they have great pieces like Nick Chubb. Into the second spot here, and this is a bit of a surprise because they certainly were the surprise makeup here, but I think they've got it. Leading us in as the second team here in the AFC South is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars at 14-3. and I believe in this team. I believe in Trevor Lawrence. I believe that now with Calvin Ridley, they've also got a lot of other great pieces on that offense. And, you know, they've got great coaching. This is a good team that will do well at 14-3. and They've got a paper-thin schedule. Like, they will feast on their teams that they're going up against. And I don't really find any problem with this. I don't think this team's going to struggle at all, you know, really feeding on the AFC South. Following them in the AFC South is going to be two 5-12 and 12 teams. Uh, pick your poison here. I've got the Titans going 5-12. and 12. Is that a bit harsh? Probably. But they just didn't really inspire anything. You know, I like Ryan Tannehill, but he's not that good, and he's running out of steam. If Derrick Henry goes down, they really have nothing. But hey, they gave us A.J. Brown, and that is very well appreciated. So thank you so much, Titans. But you guys are staring a rebuild straight in the face because you're not really getting anywhere. Texans have C.J. Stroud now leading their offense, and, you know, he's got some good pieces here and there and the Texans but the Texans are also rebuilding they're not hiding it and so they aren't really going to do much outside of the odd home win here and there following that finally we are talking about the one and only Indianapolis Colts you know there's a lot to like about this team too bad they're not going to do anything Anthony Richardson is a fine enough quarterback but and I really hope this doesn't happen. But Jonathan Taylor's holdout just screams to me, Le'Veon Bell. And that's not good. Without Jonathan Taylor, the Colts are completely and totally irrelevant. And I'm picking that. I hope I have now willed it into existence that that's not going to happen. Because I haven't been a draft. Because I just love punishing myself in fantasy drafts. But that's that for the Colts. They're going to get go 3-14. and 14. Now, on the flip side of that, we have the AFC West. And I have the Kansas City Chiefs going 13-4. and four. They're one of the best teams in football. 
every year we've been since last year we've been plotting the KC's downfall they're like they don't have good support and all that stuff and like there's not much there for wide receivers and there's only valid slanting now like you know there's a lot of things to hate on the Kansas City Chiefs now with that being said lost to Detroit on top of the fact that maybe you know you're not having on your hands the you know you're not going to be having Travis Kelsey that could put a wrench in their plans and I'm having but Casey always you know doesn't always super destroy the regular season I'm having them make it only getting this third spot but I have them doing well in the playoffs so if you're a Casey fan don't worry you do need to pay Chris Jones though Chris Jones is a big part of your defense, and without him, you guys will be in trouble. But you still have Andy Reid. You still have Patrick Mahomes. You still have all those great things. Sky Moore will get better, hopefully. But this team has, there's still promise in this team, and they're still Super Bowl favorites. There's no doubt in my mind. And if you don't have them doing that, you're fooling yourself. I have the Chargers going 12-5. and five. Justin Herbert and this rest of this team, you know, they paid Eckler. Not enough, but whatever. Running back, hell. But... I think they will be good. You know, they still have really great things. Herbert, they've got a good enough coach. They need to just get it all together, and they will. They will. They'll make that sixth spot. <laughs> Promptly get knocked out by, by Casey, but at least it's a stepping stone. Her, the Chargers need to take that extra step, and I think they will, But I and I want to be positive, but I also think they could fall off. I have the Broncos going 8-9. and nine. The story of this season will be to see how much better Russell Wilson plays. He's got good supporting. He's got a good supporting cast. He has a good coach now in Sean, in Sean Payton. Is it going to matter? Who knows? Who knows? I have him going eight and nine, and I'm saying that it's a step up, and maybe a year or two more of this can make this team exceptional. But they're in such a tough division, and I just don't see them beating KC or the Chargers outside of maybe a home game or two and finally finishing out and I know this is not to one of my listeners favorites I've got the Raiders going 5 and 12 the Raiders are just I don't really know what they're doing you know you lose some good pieces here and there in the offseason no more Derek Carr and instead you swap a middling quarterback for another middling quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you have the wrong head coach. I am not afraid to say that. You should not be using him. You should have been using your head coach that was in the interim when you guys were really good. Uh, Adams is more than likely leaving you. I'm sorry, but this is just not the year for you guys, and I don't have much optimism at all. Finally... I have them doing not as good as usual, but I worry about this team all the time. Buffalo Bills going 12-5. and five. Buffalo has all these pieces, but they're also injury problem dependent. You know, you see some injuries happen to their defensive line again. You know, you see no Von Miller can really hurt them. How good is the rest of the team going to be? You know, I love Stefan Diggs and I love Josh Allen. But I don't know if they're going to be able to take that next step. They've needed to do it, and I believe they'll win this division again, even though Dolphins will be um, licking their chops right behind them this whole time as long as 
you know, Tua stays healthy, but just this is a good team, but I don't know if they have that killer instinct to get it done. You know, Bills Mafia is good, but is it good enough to beat the Chiefs or the Bengals? Time has shown, not really. Dolphins are finishing out uh, the big AFC East here, uh, getting that last coveted spot uh, at 11-6. and six. This team is incredibly dependent on Tua being healthy. They have Tyreek Hill. They have really good defense, good coaching. But Tua has to be healthy. Everybody's making the memes about Tua. Like, literally anybody could report that Tua has another injury, and people will believe it. And that is the problem. It's criminal how poorly the Dolphins have handled Tua's injuries. And I think that the Dolphins will figure this out and will be a good team. But if Tua, you hear reports that Tua is thinking about retirement, that's harsh. That's harsh. And that doesn't help my confidence in this team. Do I think this is a good enough team to make the playoffs? Yes. But Tua has to be healthy. There's no question about it. Uh, just missing out on the playoffs are the New York Jets. They have an 11-6 record, but this is a really, really, really good d- d- league this year. Like, you know, any of the Chargers, Ravens, well, and any of these teams will be fighting between those top spots throughout the entire year. And so I don't have the Jets making it. The big thing about the Jets is if they can repeat their success and how good Aaron Rodgers is. There's no question in anybody's mind that Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. But is he a Hall of Fame quarterback right now? Is he good enough to carry this team? Or is he Brett Farving? This is the issue. Um, To Aaron's credit, he's not going to probably be beat, have the same issue that Brett Favre had where once he left, the Packers turned out okay because they had Aaron Rodgers. I, do, I like Jordan Love. He's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. I just don't see it. And finally, our worst of the worst this year, I have the Patriots going 1-16. Now, this may be just me hating this team because of the dominance they had over us for so long here in the NFL, but what is there really to be excited about? Last year, you know you're jumping between Mac Jones and David Zappi, like... Really? That's what you're running with? Sure, they got Zeke. Sure, they got Juju Smith-Schuster. But both of those guys were big and and important names three to four years ago. Like, I think there's a possibility here. And, you know, it's always Bill Belichick. And they're probably going to do better than the record I give them. But I just, you know, I don't see them doing as good. And that's just how this turned out. I kind of just did this quickly. So are these records completely um, right Probably not. Make memes about them if you guys really feel like saying I'm wrong. But that's that. So the AFC uh, finale here for the playoffs will be the Bengals with the first spot at 15 and 12. The Jaguars taking the second spot at 14 and 3. KC taking it at 13 and 4 for the third spot. And Bills taking that final spot 12 and 5. Then I've got the Ravens taking the first wild card at 13 and 4. I've got the Chargers at 12 and 5 and the Dolphins at 11 and 6 taking the seventh spot. So, let's flash forward to the wild card round. And looking at it right now, you know, you've got some incredible teams right now. 
Um, so we'll start in the AFC in the wild card round between the two bottom teams. I've got the Bills going to be beating the Ravens there. Uh, all of the top teams are going to win here. Bills, Bills beat the Ravens. Chiefs beat the Chargers. Jaguars beat the Dolphins. In the NFC, it's a bit of a different scenario. I've got the Giants beating the Falcons. I'm going to have the Niners beating the Cowboys. Go Niners. And the Lions beating the, the Minnesota Vikings. Then going into the divisional round, you know, you've got some real tough matchups here. I'm going to have the Bengals beating the Bills, the Chiefs beating the Jags, the Niners beating the Lions, and the Eagles beating the Giants once again. We then get into the conference championship, Bengals versus Chiefs. This is going to be di- this is going to be dangerous, but I'm going to say the Bengals get it done, and I'm going to say the Eagles get it done. So both of my first seeds are going to make it all the way. I know that's a big no-no for these predictions, but I'm not going to be a homer. I'm going to say that the Cincinnati Bengals at home, technically, are going to be taking the Super Bowl. So that's an exciting, exciting uh, finale. I really hope the Bengals can actually get it done, though if my Eagles get it done again, that would be excellent. So finally, though, we're going to, before we finish off this episode, I'm going to go back and we're going to look at week one. So obviously I missed up. Didn't get my Detroit Lions game here against KC, but Detroit gets that done. So now we're going to be looking at the lines here while also talking about my predictions. So looking at it, uh, Kansas City was a minus three and a half or a minus four, anywhere from minus three all the way up to a minus six and a half to win the game. But of course, those betting against that spread slash for the lines get that done. But so now we'll look into the Carolina Panthers versus the Atlanta Falcons. It's pretty much universal that it's going to be minus three and a half for the Falcons in this game. I do have the Falcons winning it, and I think that's a pretty safe bet if you're a betting man. Cincinnati versus Cleveland. It's going to be a very close game, according to them. Minus one and a Everybody's got the Browns at the Bengals winning by minus one and a half here. So... The bet there would be on the Browns, probably. I'd say the Browns, if I like Browns to cover the spread there at plus two. Jaguars versus Colts is minus four and a half for the Jags. That's a pretty safe bet, in my opinion, for the Jags to beat the Colts, even though it is in Lucas Oil Stadium. So we got Tampa Bay versus Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are a minus five to a minus five and a half favorite. I think that's a pretty easy pick there, especially against the Buccaneers in the U.S. Bank Stadium. Then we've got Saints or Titans at Saints. Saints are a minus three to win that. I believe that's how I had it going here. Let me take a look. Yep. So I'd say, yeah, Saints at minus three and a half is a pretty easy pick there for the win. Niners at Steelers. Steelers are plus two and a half. I actually had the Steelers winning this game. They're in. They're at home, and I'd say that's a pretty easy pick to pick the Steelers to cover the spread. It's just you don't know how good the Niners are, so that would be my pick. Car Washington or Cardinals at the Commanders. Cardinals or the Commanders are a minus seven point favorite. I'd say that's pretty safe as a bet. Certainly, the Commanders are going to win just whether or not they can guaranteed win by a touchdown. So it's only a touchdown, though, so that's actually not that bad of a bet here for most of these guys. 
Texans at Ravens. They are a minus nine and a half favorite. The Ravens are at home. That's a tough bet, but certainly the Ravens are going to win. Green Bay Packers against Bears. Bears are a minus one and a half favorite. You're picking your poison there. At Soldier Field, the Bears are usually pretty good. Minus one, minus even flat minus one at some of, on some of the sports books. So that's an interesting pick for sure. Then we got the Raiders at the Broncos. Broncos are a minus three to minus three and a half point favorite. I think that's a pretty easy pick there to give the Broncos on the minus three and a half. Eagles at Patriots. The pa- Eagles are a minus four to a minus three and a half favorite. So that's basically the same thing. I certainly think the Eagles get that done. Uh, Dolphins at Chargers. Chargers are a minus three favorite over the Dolphins. At home in SoFi, even though it's not really considered a home game for the Chargers because nobody goes to SoFi, I give them the credit there. And then finally, at Lumen Field in Seattle, they are up minus four and a half. Uh, range, the Rams are against them for minus four and a half to a minus five. I think that's a pretty safe bet for the Hawks. Uh, Rams could win that game, but I think Seattle's going to get it done. And finally, Cowboys, who always get the betting odds here, minus three and a half to plus three and a half at the New, minus three and a half at the New York Giants in MetLife at six twenty on Sunday. I've got the Giants winning this game, I believe. Yeah, I say that's a pretty safe bet for the Giants to cover the spread, if not win the game. So. But I'm also anti-Cowboys, and lots of these betting things love to give the Cowboys the benefit of the doubt. Finally, we've got the Bills at versus the Jets at MetLife. Bills are a minus 2.5 favorite. That's a tough matchup for sure, and I believe I have the Bills winning it. Yep. But, you know, you're not really wrong if you're picking the Bills there to get her done. I would say where I'm getting these lines from, but I'm not sponsored by any of them, and I'm not really in the mood to give out free advertising. So yeah, that's about it for week one of the NFL as well as the NFL season preview. And for this episode of Tommy's Wild Shots, we're going to be covering as much NFL as I can. Of course, there's hockey and my job to work out, but this is a really exciting time and I'm really excited for the NFL season this year. Of course, I'm big into the fantasy scene as well. And so thank you so much for listening to me ramble about the NFL for the last 40 minutes here. But with that being said, thank you so much for listening to Tommy's Wild Shots. Be sure to check me out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or X as it's now called. That's a brand new thing that I haven't talked about yet on the podcast. So yeah, it's Thomas Wildman on all of those platforms. And be sure to tell your friends about this show as it is available pretty much anywhere where you get your podcasts. But yeah, that's it. So thank you so much for listening once again, and we will see you next week.